Welcome to the Open Door Podcast. I'm your host, the Reverend Raymond Baker. I look forward to sharing this word with you and your family. I hope it brings you encouragement and that you enjoy each lesson. to eat this word. Amen. Amen. This is God's word. word. I believe God's word. I I live by God's word. word. Holy Spirit, Spirit, teach me your word. word. Father, Father, I give you the praise, the the honor, honor, and the glory. glory. In Jesus' name, name. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Let's open up our Bible, saints, to Psalms chapter 34, verse 18. Psalms 34, verse 18. Hallelujah. The word of God says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and save such as be of a contrite spirit. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're going to continue on looking at the spiritual condition for warfare. Amen? Amen. There is a spiritual condition that we must have in order to be able to fight the adversary, in order to fight the devil. Amen? Amen? And the Lord said, he's nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and of a contrite spirit. So there's a condition that we must be in in order to be able to commune with God in order to hear his word, in order to hear his direction. Amen? Amen. Now let's look at another verse. Let's look at Isaiah 57, verse 15. Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15. The word of God says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. So we're looking at a contrite spirit today. It's a necessity for spiritual warfare. We don't fight. We know that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, see, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. So we know that we're not fighting with flesh and blood, that we have spiritual things that are going on around us that so many saints don't recognize. They don't know that they're in spiritual battles and they blame them on fleshly issues in their lives. And it's not a fleshly issue. Amen. Amen? Amen. Now, the word contrite, it means to crumble. It means to bruise. It means to beat to pieces. It means to crush or destroy. It means to be humble. It means to be oppressed. It means to smite. And the word humble means depressed. So you're seeing the condition of a spirit. It means to be uh, depressed. It means to be lowly. It means to be base. It means that you are in a situation where you have the most humility that anyone can have in the presence of God. And you can only have it in the spirit. It's not a natural phenomenon. It's a spiritual phenomenon. In other words, you must be in the spirit. As the word says, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit. We don't worship God in our minds. We worship him in the spirit, in our hearts. It's where God is worshipped at. Amen? Amen? Now, an unerring spirit or an erring spirit is often responsible for much of our incorrect conduct. It's because you do err. The word says you do err. Why? Not knowing the scriptures neither the power of God. So when you don't know the power of God, in other words, you don't know his word, so you don't know what God can do for you. That causes you to err when you don't know his word. Now, you may do your best, but our best coming out of the flesh, God does not even accept. 
Amen? All right. Now, if anyone desires to walk in a spiritual way, he has to keep himself continually in a proper state. In other words, he's got to be in the spirit all the time. Some of us will say, I don't think that's possible. Well, God says it is. The word says, with God, all things are possible to them who believe. So if you're not a believer, if you're a part-time believer, your feelings will be, well, maybe you can and maybe you can't. But a true believer says, yes, I can. I can walk in the spirit. Now, if it's not to be maintained in the Holy Spirit, then we're going to be defeated. And our outward conduct is going to show that we're defeated. Amen? Amen. It shows how we act if we're not following the spirit. Now, God's word shows us that we have to preserve our spirit. Okay? And our spirit has to be preserved in the proper condition as it's laid down in the word of God. It's not by what we think, but it's what God's word says. Amen? So you got to get, we've got to understand, we've got to get the word in order to know how to conduct ourselves. Amen? How to submit to God. See, it's to be controlled by the renewed will of a believer. He's given you a new life. He's given you a new will that is not of your old will. It's a new will, and it allows you to, to be able to follow the things of God. Amen? But see, you've got to be able to recognize it. If you can't recognize it, then guess what? You can't perform it. Now, his word declares we have to be able to perform the doing of it. If you don't know it, then you can't perform it. Amen? Now, in order to conduct spiritual warfare against the enemy, your spiritual condition is very important. Amen? Now, First Peter, let's go there, 5 and 8. First Peter. First Peter. God's word says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Now, he starts out, he says, be sober. He's not just talking about a person who is alcoholically inebriated, but he's talking about walking in the spirit, not being caught up in following the things that are going on in your mind all of the time, following all of the idle thoughts. That's why I said over there uh, in 2 Corinthians 10, he says, you got to pull down those strongholds. You have to cast down those imaginations and every high thing. See, your mind has a lot of high things that have already been built up into it. And what they do, they exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. All of our old habits, all of our old ways before we were born again, they're still there. Now God says you have to pull them down. Because, see, that's what we used to run by. That's what we used to live by. He says you got to pull down those strongholds and cast down those imaginations and all those high things. Now, if you don't, that means that you're not sober. That's why he says be sober and be vigilant. In other words, you have to be actively involved in the process of pulling down those imaginary things that are in your mind, amen, because your adversary, the devil, he walketh about as a roaring lion. In other words, he's looking for an opportunity to take advantage of you, amen? And he's seeking to devour you. That's not just a good scripture to know. It's a f spiritual fact that we do have an adversary. And everywhere you turn, you will find him. Amen? When you begin to walk in the spirit, you will see him. You will see the manifestation of him in other things, in other people, in other ways. See, that's the thing that, the, that, that getting it close to God in the spirit he gives you that sensitivity that you can see these things. So many people run around talking about how they're defeated and how the devil did this to them and did that. Well, if you would walk in the spirit, you can see things that are coming. 
And all he says, all you have to do is begin to rebuke it, speak the word. He says, when you see the enemy coming against you, you rebuke it in the name of Jesus. That's the power that you have. Amen. Amen. But if you don't walk in the spirit, you, you'll be talking, you'll be hollering and screaming, talking about what's coming against you and what enemy has done to you. And, and, and afterwards, then you might think, oh, well, maybe I should have prayed about that or maybe I should have rebu rebuked that spirit. Amen. All right. Now, he says he's like a lion. He roars, but he really doesn't have the power. He just roars. But he doesn't have the power. Amen. But he does seek to devour. Now, understand this. A humble and a contrite spirit is essential for spiritual warfare. That's the strange thing that he, God would ask for a humble and a contrite spirit. And the reason for it is you quiet yourself down. You quiet your own mind down so that you can hear the spirit of God so that you can be aware of, so you can watch. It's just like when you pray, you watch to see the results of your prayer. So it's the same thing here with spiritual warfare. If you have a humble and a contrite spirit, that means you're always ready. You're always on the watch. But if you're not being attentive, then that roaring lion can sneak up on you and devour you because you're busy with things going on in your own mind rather than the things of the Spirit of God. Amen. Now, that's where he wants us at. Let's go to the book of Amos, chapter 3. Amen. See, we, are, we love to sow this word in us. Amen. See, it's, it's not us that's doing the work. It's the Holy Spirit. Because God told us that his word is quick and powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it pierces even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrows. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Right. So you got to understand the power that's in God's word. Right. See, God's word is working in you whether you want it to or not. Right. If you've got the spirit of God in you and you're born again, the power of his word comes forth. Right. Now, the Holy Spirit's only going to receive God's word. Right. He's not going to receive nonsense. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amos chapter 3. Let's look at verse 10 and 11. Now this is, the, this is the mind that's confused. This is the mind that is not tending the things of the spirit. The word says, for they know not to do right, saith the Lord, who store up violence and robbery in their palaces. He's talking about you. That's you're the palace. Know ye not that your body is the temple of God. That's what he's that's what he's referring to. He's not just talking about the place where you reside. Now notice the nature of those. They know not to do right. When you don't follow the spirit of God, you are subject to do wrong. Amen. Verse 11 says, "Therefore thus saith the Lord God, an adversary, there shall be even round about the land. And, sounds like the devil, doesn't it? Seeking whom he may devour. And the word says, and he shall bring down thy strength from thee. You notice what he does? He brings down your strength. He robs you. He devours you of your spiritual power. Now you can't defend yourself. Amen? He says, he'll bring down thy strength from thee, and thy places shall be spoiled. Everything in you is spoiled. Now, remember, just a little tinge of sin corrupts. Remember, God is holy. He is perfect. Nothing that is not perfect, anything that is defiled, Anything that is impure cannot come into his presence. Now, we understand, amen, and perhaps for, for, for our visitors, we understand that our faith comes out of our conscience. And that's why God tells us in 1 John 1 and 9 that we have to confess our sins. And then he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins 
and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Now, what he's doing, he's cleansing our conscience. As we sit under the word, the word goes to work. If you would just ask God, I've been wrong all week, Lord. I need to be cleansed. I need you to forgive me of all my sins. Guess what he does? He immediately forgives you of your sin, and he immediately cleanses you of all unrighteousness. Amen. If you're sincere. Amen. Amen. Because, see, he's faithful and just. See, when, when it says that God is faithful, he can't do anything but what his word says he will do. Right. He can't say, well, maybe I will, maybe I won't. That's not God. Amen. He can only be faithful. He can only be just to forgive us and to cleanse us. Amen? See, that's the good God we serve. Amen? I don't know about other people, but that's the one we serve. Amen? So a humble and a contrite spirit is a principle then of great consequence. For by the will, one is able to set his spirit in a proper place. In other words, it's where you can defend yourself. Without having the humility, if you're stuck in high-mindedness, if you're stuck in arrogance, guess what? You won't hear him. You will not hear him. You'll hear yourself real well. Amen? Oh, yeah, you can hear yourself well. I can hear some of you now. Amen? In the natural. If you listen carefully, he says, now listen, let's examine this thing closely. We're talking about an internal condition in us. We're not talking about something external. We're not talking about something in our mind. We're talking about a condition in our heart and our spirit. And being the spirit is what you control with your will. You control the spirit with your will. That's what your relationship is. Amen? Now, God's people often erroneously think that they need to have a contrite spirit only at the time when they repent and believe. And they say, well, that's enough. Amen? Or when they fall into sin, in some cases. They say, well, I know I need to be of a humble and contrite spirit, so God will forgive me. See, but God wishes us to keep our spirit in a contrite condition all the time. Amen? Now, somebody's going to say, ooh, in this wicked world we live in, you can stay humble and contrite. See, we're talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. We're not talking about what you do. We're not talking about what you think. God says his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. See, if we trust in him, then he'll fight the battle. Amen? There's some folks who need God to fight some battles for them. So you got to get the relationship right. Now, although we don't necessarily sin every day, we nonetheless are required to keep a humble spirit and keep it in that state and condition all the time. Amen? That's what he requires of us. The main reason is that our flesh can be stirred at any moment. Amen? Oh, your flesh will act up at the drop of a hat. Amen? Somebody can step on your foot and flesh will react immediately. Somebody can accidentally bump into you and your flesh will act up. Oh, yeah, you know, the tongue and the lips. Amen. James will tell you about them. Amen. It's a world of iniquity. Amen. And once you open it up, if it's not led by the spirit, you could find yourself in some serious trouble. Because, see, the problem is, is it's a flesh problem. And there's no good thing in the flesh. Now, some of us like to think that it is. But that's not what God's word says. He warns us. That's why he tells us. That's why we need to walk in the spirit all the time. Because there's no good thing in our flesh. Flesh cannot come into the presence of God. Not for anything. Amen? Remember a couple classes ago, the Lord's, Lord God showed us, he said, you could take flesh, and flesh can 
do and what it does can line up perfectly with the scripture and you can have good results but because it was not done out of the spirit it's of no account to God people don't understand that they said well what's the difference you got the same results the one result is he requires us to walk by the spirit and not by the flesh right. amen? amen because see soon or later what flesh will do it'll take account of what it did and then later on especially if it did something for you then it'll come back later on and say now didn't I do that for you you owe me see that's the nature of flesh but that's not the nature of a humble and a contrite spirit amen but that's the, nat that's the nature of flesh. That's right. Flesh will always remind you of what you owe it. Amen? Amen? All right, let's go on, saints. Now, contrition, what it does, it, it precludes us from losing what, what God says is our watchfulness. When we keep that humble and contrite spirit, we're always able to watch. Now, you know if you get excited, you get excited from, the, from being in the company of someone. Don't you know that his word says evil communication corrupts, amen? It'll corrupt your good manners. You get around some of your old worldly friends and you get drawn into it, you get drawn out of the spirit and you'll react to that. Then a few, minutes, a few moments later you'll realize, wait a minute, I'm not part of this anymore. I, I don't do those things anymore, but look how, I, look how my flesh got drawn in so easily. See, that's when you have to withdraw and get back in the spirit. See, you need to leave that. Amen? That's right. You have to depart from that. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. You have to know when to move. Amen? Amen. Or as, as they would say, if you're playing cards, you got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. Amen? Amen? So it's the same thing. You got you to gotta know when to move. When you get around flesh, if you're a saint, you got to know when to get away from it. Amen? Because there's no good thing in it. Amen? It's just like being an accessory. Amen? Tell you what, just like this. Ride with three or four of your buddies. One of them go in and robs a carryout, and you in the car with them. Guess, guess what you are? You're a robber, too. You're an accessory. You might be, I guess they call it after the fact, but the fact is, you're getting ready to do some time. Amen? Chances are you're going to do some time if you don't have the right lawyer. Amen? <laughs> Amen? See, that's how, why you got to watch that flesh. See, that flesh will draw you into things. Amen? So we have to maintain our spiritual condition so that God knows that we are in his presence and we know that he is in our presence. Amen? That's essential for a believer. This is not something that we wish or that some people can practice and some people can't. This is what God has given us. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 66, verses 1 and 2. Let's look and see what God's word says. Amen? I don't want you to believe me at all. I want you to believe God's word. Now, when we maintain our condition in the spirit, God is felt in our spirit. When we walk in the spirit, we know that it's him. You know when you're having a good day in the spirit and something comes in to try to interrupt it. Now let's look at Isaiah 66 and one. The word of God says, thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build me? Know ye not that your body is the temple of God. That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about this church building. He's talking about you, the person. He's asking you, okay, where is the place of my rest. Amen? He is to abide in you. He says, abide in me and I in you. See, that's what gives you the power. That's why he said, you can ask what you will and it shall be done. Because there's relationship there. Amen? So he says, 
Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? Verse 2 says, for all those things hath my hands made. See, he's letting you know he's the builder. He's the maker. Amen. And all those things have been. Amen. That's what Solomon talking about. What has been or what was has already been. All right. Saith the Lord. He says, but to this man will I look even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. How many saints do you know that tremble at God's word, that tremble in his presence? How many of them think that they even have to tremble at God's word? Not many. They're not afraid of God. Folks will do anything they want to do. Amen? Oh, they will. He says, now, all those things have my hand made. He says, I made you. I am your creator. Amen? Amen? And all those things have been. There's nothing new about us. Amen? He says, but to this man will I look, even to him. So he's looking at a particular man, and he's looking at the man's condition. He's looking at his spiritual condition. If he is of a poor and of a contrite spirit, and if he trembles, at the word of God. Amen? Amen. He told him to enter into his rest. He says, where's my place of rest? Let's go to Acts chapter 7, verse 48. Let's get some answers to the question. Amen? Acts chapter 7 and verse 48. Hallelujah. Is God's word good? Amen. Amen. I like to say it's gooder than good. <laughs> Amen. 748. The word of God says, How be it, the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands. So he just excluded us. He excluded everything that we tried to do. Because see, we're the builders with the hands. Amen. He says, As saith the prophet. Verse 49, he says, heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool, what house will you build me? Now, he just declared everything was his. He says, now, what house are you going to build him, saith the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Where's my place of rest in you? Am I in your spirit? Because if you're not humble and contrite, I'm not there. Amen? That's what he's declaring. If we follow these scriptures, that's what he's declaring to us. While we're back that way, let's go to Hebrews 4.10. Amen? See, we got to see what God's word says. Amen? I got to sow this seed into you, this word. His word is seed, so that it'll stay with you. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 10. His word says... For he that is entered into his rest, he also ceased from his own works. Amen? See what happens? You quit doing, you quit operating by your own will, and you begin to follow the will of God when you enter into his rest. Amen? Now he asked us back there in Isaiah 66 and 1, where is the place of my rest? He says, for he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. So he must be in you. If you can cease from your works and allow Christ to work through you, because most people don't know who their life is. They don't know that they've got a whole brand new life that they're now to live by the will of God. They think it's the old man, but it's not. It's the new man. Amen? Amen. Let's just go to Colossians 3 and 3 real quick. Let's look at him. 
Amen? His word says, for you are dead. See, you died on the cross with Christ. So many believers don't realize this. You have died. Once you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, you have died on the cross with Christ. Amen? He says, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. See, you're a hidden being now. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's, let's look at verse 4. Look what he gives us, gives us more to illuminate, to get us to understand. So he says, so when Christ, who is our life, you see whose life is in you? It's Christ, who is our life, shall appear, huh? then shall you also appear with him in glory. He's not talking about something by and by. He's talking about right now. He's talking about right now. Come on now. You know I don't, I don't like to quit on something. Let's go to Galatians 2.20. Amen? See, I like, the, I like the word of God to verify itself. He said, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Amen. Now, the Colossians just told us something. So we're going over here to Galatia, and we're going to get an answer. Amen. That's what, that's what he means, in the mouth of two or three witnesses. So, if, so if, if Matthew says it, we might be able to go over to Isaiah or Jeremiah and get an answer for it. Those are the witnesses. Amen. Galatians 2.20, he says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. See, you've been crucified with him. Are you born again? You've been crucified with Christ. So in other words, what he said back there in Colossians, you're dead. And your life is hid. Now he's verifying it over here in Galatia. He said, now, you're crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. See, you're alive. There's something in this body of yours, but it's not you. It's not I, That's right. but it's Christ Amen. that liveth in me. Amen. Amen. Right. See, there's a whole lot of saints and a whole lot of ain'ts in this world. Amen. See, and the ain'ts don't realize who their life is. That's, right. That's why they keep acting like the world. That's, right. That's why they ain't Christians. Right. Amen. Amen. He says, but Christ liveth in me and the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God. See, I live by what he speaks to me in my spirit. He reveals it in my conscience. And then I follow the word of God. He gives me the directions for my life. Amen? Hallelujah. He says, hallelujah. He said, in this life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's what allows me to stand here. Wasn't because I was so good. Wasn't because I was so great. I studied so hard. If it were not for the grace of God, I wouldn't be able to stand here. I wouldn't be able to minister a thing to you. You say, ooh, that is one great big old hypocrite up there. Amen? But it see, it's Christ who liveth in me. See, I know what my charge is to do. I'm not here to please men. I'm here to please my, my Lord. See, God doesn't take any pleasure in our repenting over and over again as though that was sufficient. God gets tired of that. You know that, don't you? Amen? He wishes for us to live in perpetual contrition. In other words, staying humble all the time. That's what he wants. He don't want to see you every other day coming confessing. Then he knows something's wrong with you. Now, he's put that in place for you. But you know what? He gets tired of it. It's just like you got a child, and they get in trouble every other day. Now, sooner or later, you're going to get tired of it. And you're going to tell them, well, maybe you need to keep them for a while, and maybe they'll get aware of what their condition is and correct themselves some kind of way. Maybe somebody can help them. Maybe somebody can counsel them. Maybe somebody can minister to them. 
and they'll turn themselves around. But absent of putting any effort into it, nothing's going to happen. Amen. As the old world said, nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Amen. Now, only a spirit that is in perpetual contrition, okay, can equip us to detect the things that we need to immediately mourn for and that we're in disharmony with. See, only when you walk in the spirit all the time will you know. You won't know absent of that. See, this is something you have to work, something you have to practice, something you have to do daily. Amen. I told you it's 24-7, 365, 366 leap year. Amen. Now, only a spirit of this kind that we're talking about equips us, see, one who is humble and contrite. So in this state, the Holy Spirit is present in our conduct. So whatever things we do, the Holy Spirit is always there. Amen. He's there with, when our, in our conduct and the deeds that we do. He's present there. Amen. And it also helps us to acknowledge our faults when you walk being humble. Even when we're told of our faults, we can still be humble because everybody can be humble when they receive correction. Amen. Now, the penitent spirit is very necessary in us. Because despite the fact that we've been joined to the Lord in the spirit, okay, and we're one spirit with him, we are not forever infallible ourselves. Amen? Amen. That doesn't make us infallible. That makes him infallible. Amen? Your, your spirit can err. Amen? Now, let's go to Isaiah 29, verse 24. Amen. Isaiah chapter 29 and verse 24. Look what his word says. They also that erred in spirit shall come to understand. See, when you err in your spirit, you'll even come to understand. Amen. Amen. And they that murmur shall learn doctrine. Don't you know when the word comes forth, you'll sit there and murmur to yourself? Amen. You will be stirred in your spirit. You may not even like what I'm ministering to you. And your spirit can be sitting there murmuring to you, just mumbling, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, telling you what you don't like about it. And I don't believe what he just said. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, this is showing you the a condition of the spirit. Amen. He says that they also that erred in spirit shall come to understand. See, so when you do err in your spirit, all the spirit will correct you. You'll come to the understanding. Now, we know, we know that what the Holy Spirit does, he gives you the revelation of it. He reveals it to your mind. See, pe people think they figure things out. They think it's only the memorization of the scripture. No, it's not. It's the revelation by the Holy Spirit. That's why you could be riding down the road with your mind on getting ready to play around the golf on where you went last week and the Holy Spirit will speak to you and he'll show you something that you had no clue, no thought about at all. He'll show you something. He'll reveal something to your mind and you'll say, oh, my goodness, that's what that is. See, that's Holy Spirit. When it's the thing of God, and I'm not talking about nonsense. I'm talking about when he'll show you something about God. He can do that. I know some of you all have experienced that. That's the way the Holy Spirit, see, that's his intuition. That's his intuitive qualities. The Holy Spirit, he reveals. It's not that we study so much, because his word does tell us to study to show ourselves approved unto God. See, a workman who needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See, you got to know how to divide the word of truth. You need to know how to go get some here and get some there, and you put it together. Amen? Amen. See, Paul, he was a tent maker. Don't you understand, tent makers back in those days, that was a skilled craft. 
And that's all Paul hung with. See, it says something about his character. It's just like a skilled seamstress. Now, I don't know a thing about, I, could, I know how to thread a sewing machine. I know how some of them work. But if I went to sew something together, when I got done, I bet you it'd look a mess. Now, it might resemble what I attempted to put together. But see, when you rightly divide something, and when they were building tents, when Paul, the apostle, used to build tents, see, you had to rightly divide whatever skin or fabric you were using to make the tent. Otherwise, it wasn't going to come together right. Or when the wind blew, it was going to blow apart. It's the same thing with the word of God. So you've got to know how to rightly divide God's word of truth. So you've got to minister it to people. And you give them a little here, a little there. Is that not what his word says? Amen. He says you get it, a little here, a little there. Amen. All right. So we looked at there at Isaiah. While we're back there, let's go to Jeremiah 44 and 10. Hallelujah. How can they hear without a preacher? And how can he preach except he be sent? Amen. So you got to hear some word. A bunch of conversation of me talking to you ain't going to change a thing in your life. It's only the word of God. Amen. All right. 44 and verse 10. That's Jeremiah. The word says they are not humble even unto this day. See, he's talking about the man who's not walking in the spirit. This is the man who does not have commune. He does not have fellowship with God. Now, fellowship with God is a very subtle thing. And you must understand it's very, very subtle. There's, there's small things. We talked about this last night in our class when, when it related to sin. See, it's the small things that separates you from God. It's not the big things. It's the little small things that you do. See, but you got to understand it by the word. If you don't, you, you are apt not to even believe it. You say, oh, that little thing won't separate you from God. Oh, yes, it will. If your conscience is not clear, fellowship has been breached with God. The word says, they are not humble even unto this day. Neither have they feared. Now, he just spoke to us about having the fear of the Lord and trembling before him. He said, but these people, they have not even feared, nor walked in my law, nor in my statutes. In other words, they won't follow the word of God. They'll create in their own mind what they think God's word will say, but they don't want to follow his word. Amen. He says that I set before you and before your fathers. He said, I've given this word to you. It's been around for a few thousand years. I am the Lord thy God. I change not. He said, my word hasn't changed, not one bit, not one iota. See, in all these places where people are trying to make the word of God politically correct, you better watch out who's in that house. Amen? Amen. You better be following the doctrine of God. He says, I change not. This is the only thing I know that, that there's on earth that tells me about him. There's nothing else. There's some good books written by men, but it's not the word of God. Amen? Amen. Understand that. You better watch out for these politically correct places. Amen? They'll have you head in the hell. Amen. Said they wouldn't even humble themselves even unto this day. Neither have they feared, nor walked in my law or in my statutes. That, that's just indicating that they never follow his word. Don't you know there's people who go to church all the time, but they won't follow God's word? That's who he's referring to. See, even Jeremiah knew it back then. Amen? While we're there, let's go to Jeremiah 6.15. Let's look at their condition. Because remember, we're looking at a humble and a contrite spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. Jeremiah, chapter 6. Amen. We're going to start there at verse 15. The word of God says, Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Therefore, 
They shall fall among them that fall at the time that I visit them. They shall be cast down, saith the Lord. So see, he's coming to see us. Whether you like it or not, he's coming. Amen. Behold, he says, behold, the judge standeth before the door. Oh, you're not getting through until you see the judge at the door. That's Christ. Amen. <laughs> he's the one at the door. Amen. Verse 16 says, thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways. He's talking about in the spirit. And see and ask for the old paths. Follow the word. Where is the good way? And, where, and walk therein. And you shall find rest for your souls. Your mind will stay in perfect peace who has stayed on thee. Amen? See, if you keep your mind on the Lord, it'll be in perfect peace. Get it tied up with the things of men, or the things going on in the world. You'll be scrambled eggs. People can't bring you down. Say, come, come on and go to come to church and come on and praise the Lord for a while. So you can forget about that mess, but you'll sit at home and worry all night long about nothing that you can't do anything about. Isn't that something? <laughs> Look what, but look what they said in verse 16 at the end. He says now, but they said, we will not walk therein. Now, Jeremiah told them, stand in the way. In other words, look for the And ask for the old pass. Where is the good way? And, where, and walk therein. And you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. See, that's, that's your flesh. See, if your flesh is in charge of you, you, your flesh will tell you, we're not going. We're not going to do. Look what he says in verse 17. He says, also, I set watchmen over you. That's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he said, I set a watchman over you, saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not hearken. See, this is why God says you need a humble spirit. Because if you don't have a humble and contrite spirit, you will not hearken to the trumpet. In other words, when the voice of the Lord is speaking, because it sounds like a trumpet when he speaks to you. In other words, it has a very profound effect on you when God begins to speak to you in your life. You can respond to what he's saying because you realize, matter of fact, when he speaks, you'll tremble. Because you know it's him, it's not you. Oh, you know your voice. You know how weak it is. But when God speaks, he says, you'll tremble. Amen? See, understand that the mind can be confused and paralyzed. Okay? Sometimes when it's trying to execute thoughts, it can be confused and paralyzed. You won't know what to do. But see, a contrite inner life helps you to confess instantly and not hide those little points others have noticed in you as being unlike the Lord so you got those ways other people will see them see I'm talking about getting self-control amen? amen Psalms 51 17 see that's what that's why we need a contrite inner life so you can confess instantly we know the power of instant confession We've learned that. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 51, verse 17. The word of God says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou will not despise. Do you see what a condition he doesn't despise? You need to study, study the word, see what he says about arrogance. Uh, he'll tell you. He's looking for a humble man. See, a broken spirit is one that trembles before God. There's not a whole lot of folks that tremble before God. They don't really fear God. Matter of fact, they really don't know him as they ought to. Some Christians don't sense any uneasiness in their inner man after they have sinned. Sin is just like something they do. It does not bother them at all. See, that's absence of fellowship with God. 
Because if Christ is in you, the hope of glory, guess what? When you sin, it will immediately affect you. And when you do, that's when you're supposed to confess. Right now. You don't let it sit there and fester. Amen? But again, some people don't sense that. They, their spirit is not such in such a condition. It's not humble enough. It's not contrite enough. And they can't sense the things of God. Amen? A healthy spirit will be broken before God. That's a healthy spirit when it's broken before God. That's what David was saying there in, Isaiah, in uh, Psalm 51. He said the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Amen? And David was a man after God's own heart. God loved David. David was a mess, though. But I guess what? David knew when to pray. David make a mistake. David would break down and pray in a minute. David get down on his face and ask God to forgive him immediately. David, not, David did not mess around. David made plenty of errors, but he always went to God immediately. That's what he's talking about here in 51.17. See, the spirit that God is delighted in is one that's afflicted. See, when our, fear, when our spirit is afflicted, because of what it'll do, it'll reverence him. Amen? And it'll tremble at his words. Amen? Look, get yourself in one of your worst distressful situations. Amen? When you feel like the whole world is getting ready to collapse on you. When you know that you're afflicted. I don't know what to do. I can't call anybody to get an answer from. I don't know where to go. Guess who you'll turn to? The Lord. You won't, you won't call your boss at work and say, I need another paycheck. I need some more money. It's going to make me feel better. No, it won't. See, it's the Lord. That's why he says, when you're afflicted, see, <laughs> that's when he can work with you. Hallelujah. You're reverencing then. Lord, I need to be delivered out of this. Oh, Lord, because I don't know the way out of this one. Amen. There's, there, there, there's many, there's many of folk sitting in jails right now talking about, oh, Lord, help me to get out of this one. Amen. That's what we're talking about, because he's been afflicted. His word says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. So he's telling us, his righteous, he said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all, if you'll let him do it. You can't deliver yourself. Only the Lord can. Hallelujah. Let's go while we're there in Psalms. Let's go to 119.20. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 119, verse 20. Verse 120. Hallelujah. Y'all hang with me, saints. It's just a few more minutes. Hallelujah. You know, I like to go all day because I love the Lord. I love to minister his word. Amen. Look what he says about us. He says, my flesh trembleth for fear of thee. Hmm? My flesh trembleth for fear of thee. Does your tr flesh tremble because you fear God? Amen. Amen. And I'm afraid of thy judgments. Amen. Do you think about yourself and the things that you've done? Well, if you don't know that the Lord God has already forgiven you of those things, you won't know what to do. Amen. That's it. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. He says, my flesh trembleth for fear of thee. And I'm afraid of thy judgments. Isn't that something? Afraid of what God may judge me. See, you got all those things in you that you may be concerned about that we don't know anything about. But believe me. There's going to be a day. His word says we're going to be judged for everything that we've done in this body and out of this body. Amen? Amen. So we, we better, may, may as well get prepared. Amen? 
may as well get some preparation. Now, when you look at that, amen, for everything you did in this body and out of this body, Lord have mercy, you don't even know what all of it is. That'll make you get real humble, won't it? Amen. Make you be able to go out from under the bottom of the door with them closed today. You be so humble. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right. Let's go on. Let's, I got to try to wrap this up today. Let's go to Job chapter 37, verse 1. Now, we know the things that Job was going through. Amen. Just back up a book. Job chapter 37. Hallelujah. Let's begin at verse 1. His word says, At this also my heart trembleth, and is moved out of his place. See, that's when you're trembling before God. It'll feel like your heart does not even belong in your body. You are so fearful. Amen? That's true trembling before God. He says, Hear attentively, attentively, the noise of his voice. See, you got to listen for God. And the sound that goeth out of his mouth. Because he's talking to us. Amen? Amen? See, he just uses me. He said, I got a big mouth preacher. I'm going to use him today. Amen? I'm going to use him. Now, if you don't believe it, if he takes my ability to speak, then what good am I? I'm no good to him. Other than I can just give him a wave offering thereafter. But see, I know, see, this is something I understand, that my ability to speak to you is because of him. Amen. 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 The word says, he directeth it under the whole heaven. See, he's in charge of everything. And is lightning unto the ends of the earth. After it, a voice roareth. He thundereth with the voice of his excellency, and he will not stay them when his voice is heard. Isn't that something? God doesn't tolerate it. When his, when your voice is, when, when his voice is heard, you will move. Amen? Amen? Verse 5, he says, God thundereth marvelously with his voice. Great things doeth he. See, when God is speaking to you, he's doing great things for you. Amen? Amen. Don't get hung up on me. Hear what the Lord is saying to us. Amen. He says he does great things for us, which we cannot comprehend. Isn't that something? See, he's doing things for us in this message that we don't even know. Amen? I told you, now, I'm always first partaker of what I prepared to minister. Amen? And I told him before prayer this morning, I said, whew, I'm in for one because I said, I already got my whooping this morning when I, when I put this word together. Amen? See, there's some things that I wasn't even able to comprehend. Because I know what we go through here. Amen? I know what we go through just to be here. But he showed me, he said, you don't have nothing to do with it anyway. This is all in my hands. Amen? He said, he directed it under the whole heaven and his lightning unto the ends of the earth. After it, a voice roareth, he thundereth with the voice of his excellency, and he will not stay them when his voice is heard. Isn't that something? He thunders marvelously. See, so I'm expecting good, something good to happen. Amen? I'm expecting something good to happen because his voice thunders marvelously. Amen? Great things doeth he. Amen? He has done great things for me. You know, we sing that. Amen. He says, which we cannot comprehend. Boy, don't you know I got my health in my strength. Amen. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. I got it. Amen. See, he sends his word to heal me. Amen. That's what keeps me healthy. That's what his word said. He said, I sent my word to heal them. Now, there's folks who reject his word. He's trying to help people, trying to keep them healthy, and they're rejecting his word. Well, guess what? That's why sickness comes on you, because you reject his word. And his word already declared that he sends his word to heal you. 
and people reject this word. See, the moment our spirit ceases to tremble before God, at that precise moment, it declares its independence from God. Amen? I'm telling you, saints don't understand that. If you don't tremble before God, you're saying, I don't need you. And you separate yourself from him immediately. Amen? Now, if you don't understand that, maybe you need the other three or four lessons in front of this one that help you comprehend it. Amen? How God works. Amen? See, what we have to sense is our helplessness. And if we don't, we shall never trust in God if we don't know how helpless we are. And I'm going to tell you what. I am one helpless preacher. Because some days I just don't know what's going to happen. But I say, Lord, it's all in your hands anyway. He reminds me. He keeps reminding me. He'll take me back to that Colossians 3 and 3 and that Galatians 2.20. He'll keep reminding me. He'll say, Rev, you're dead. <laughs> and your life is hid. With Christ in God, you're not doing the work. Don't get the big head. You're not the one doing it. You can't do it. If I don't send the people, you won't do it. See, that's why I don't get swole up about myself. Amen. Amen. It don't take a lot for me. I try to keep it as simple as I can because I know. Amen. Oh, Lord. There's so much more to this lesson for today. I guess we'll have to get it on Wednesday, though, won't we? Amen. Now, again, the moment that our spirit ceases to tremble before God, at that precise moment, it declares its independence from God. That's what it does. See, we got to sense our helplessness. A spirit that trembles before God, it shields him. He is a shielded person. Psalms 3, thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. You're my glory. You lift my head. Hallelujah. See, the spirit that trembles before him, he shields you. He shields you from defeat. And he helps you to apprehend the things of God. That's what a good contrite spirit does. Let's get a few more. You know, I hate to quit. My brother just gave me the flash and told me I don't have but a few minutes. Let's go to Proverbs 16, 19. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Proverbs 16, 19. Amen. Look what the Lord says. He says, better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Isn't that something? Amen. Boy, that's, that's an awesome God. <laughs> I'm telling you, while you're there, let's go over to chapter 29 and verse 23. Amen. Amen. See, this is the other side of 1619. He says, a man's pride shall bring him low. Amen. But honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Amen. See, God will honor you. He said, that's what he declared in his word. I will honor him. Don't you know God will honor you? Amen. If you're humble and contrite. Amen. I believe I preached that too, didn't I? Amen. Way back last year sometime. God will honor us. Amen. I said, God will honor us. Not a man. I said, God will honor you. Amen. Amen. That's something. Hallelujah. Let's get one more before we go. Isaiah 57, 15. I'm going to try. I, 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 better, I, better, I better hold back on that. I might have a little bit more. Isaiah 57, 15. Hallelujah. Amen. Maybe I'll maybe I'll work this one on out the door. I don't know. I'm going to try. I'll, let's, see, let's see what happens. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm like Paul. You know, I'll preach till you fall out of the loft. 
Amen. <laughs> I will preach all night. Amen. Amen. My, 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 my brother down in Texas, down in his church, he said, now, Pastor, he said, don't you be too long. He said, these folks will get up and walk out on you. Amen. So I, I'm, I'm going to know I need to go. All right. Verse, verse 15. Word says, for thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Do you see where you're positioned at? See, you're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You're seated on the right hand of the Father. That's what he just declared. He said, for thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. We know we're talking about the Lord God. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also. With him also, here you come. With you also, amen, that is of a contrite and humble spirit. You see what, where it positions us? Amen? That's what it does. See, that's a, that's a spiritual principle. That's a spiritual work that positions us there. See, you can't walk there. Amen? You can only move there in the spirit. Amen? He says, a contrite and humble spirit and revive the spirit of the humble and revive the heart of the contrite ones. See what he does to you? When you get into place, he revives you. Amen? He revives you to the condition in which you ought to be in. Amen? He says in verse 16, for I will not contend forever. Amen? In other words, I'm not going to argue with you forever about coming to get this word. Amen? You know how I work on you about trying to get here. Neither will I be always wroth, for the spirit should fail before me. See, if he stays angry with you, he said, I know your spirit will fail. You're too weak. Then you're weaker than three-day-old dishwater then. Amen? Amen? All right. <laughs> he says, I won't contend forever, neither will I always be wroth. For the spirit should fail before me and the souls which I have made. Amen? Amen. That's awesome. That's an awesome message that the Lord gave us today. The spiritual condition for warfare. And that's what it is for. Amen. That's 